Straw Hat Book Voyage, a seafaring adventure through One Piece. I'm your Captain Jay. And I'm your Captain Jamie. So it's been a full two weeks since our last adventure. Uh, Jamie, what have you been up to since then? I've been watching a bunch of anime. Today uh, anime? Was, yeah, today I was watching one about Kudo, and a lot of my stuff I've been watching has been like sports anime, because it gets me all pumped up. <laughs> get you pumped up for them sports i've been watching haikyuu i finally like one of my friends have been begging me to watch it i've finally been <laughs> starting to watch that like, haikyuu that is another shonen jump anime hey hey what about you jay what have you been up to uh i actually this past week played through an indie game about a sailboat a single boat a single boat it, 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 the majority of the game takes place on a boat in 1806. Uh, it's oh. called The Return of the Overdeen. And I actually learned a lot about boats as a result. Hey, <laughs> relevant. You see the whole ship roster, and there's like 60 people. And I just kept thinking about One Piece and how, you know, <laughs> Luffy at any one time has somewhere between two and nine crew members <laughs> to operate his, his ship. Uh, but that brings us nicely into this week of reading. This week we read volumes four through six. And uh, in this past two weeks of reading, uh, they got a boat. <laughs> hey! Hey! Those are good for sailing. Our pirates finally have a pirate ship. Uh, so let's talk about what happened this... Stuff th- goes down. Things Stuff pick, goes like, down. Things are like... It's not as plot heavy. <laughs> it's it's funny. Yeah, exactly. It, it's funny because it feels like things are picking up in that bigger things are happening, but also it's not nearly as like heavy. Yeah. It's not nearly yeah. as meaty as the last three volumes were with just like here's a new character and here's a new character and here's a new character. But this one it's like yeah, there's there's some fights and some stuff happens. A little more, yeah, paced <laughs> out. In volume uh, in volume 3, we got introduced to Usopp. And in this one, we get introduced to the conflict with Usopp. So at the beginning of volume four, shit is going down and Kuro is carrying out his three-year-long plan. It it starts off with Usopp trying desperately to tell the villagers, pirates are coming, but he tries to tell Kaya and Kaya... And it gets, it's heartbreaking. It it is heartbreaking. It's sad. She... Straight up doesn't believe him and thinks he's gone too far. Yeah, and it's and it and it sucks because like she eventually she blames herself for not believing him, but she really didn't have a good reason to believe him. Like I wouldn't have believed him either. I don't think anyone would. I I think it says a little about like um what Oda might have been trying to say about uh, credibility. Kuro has spent three years cultivating this uh this reputation with the villagers, and he's well respected and responsible. But also, he's a monster. Absolutely, <laughs> he's secretly monster. a monster. But uh, obviously, no one believes him. So Usopp decides that, hey, we're going to, uh, we're just going to have to fight off the pirates ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Luffy and his crew decide to join him. There's a part when they're discussing like fighting off the pirates, where Usopp is terrified, and he finally admits that he's terrified and that he's very very scared of the idea of going up against these notorious and they are they are famous these this this pirate crew it's 
when he finally admits, yes, I'm scared, don't laugh at me, uh, Zoro points out that that, they're, that he's not laughing, that they're impressed, and that's why yeah, they're going to help him. no, oh man, I love their treatment of Usopp. Like, this crew, like, already, they love him. Like, they, <laughs> they are, like, endeared to him. Like, they, they talk really fondly, and they're very sincere about Usopp. Like, in this whole, like, while all of this is going down... Like, there's just multiple times where they, they say something, like, they genuinely believe in him, and it's really sweet. Yeah, and it's a far cry from what happened in the last volume, like we like we said. He, Luffy's desperate to find some more members of his crew. Usopp immediately volunteers, and they're, all three of them are like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But as soon as they see that actually Usopp is way more than he seems... Yeah, he's a good kid. He has a good heart. A, yeah, he has a lot of really good qualities. And, 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 and I feel like it takes it takes a while in the series for even Usopp to realize that. Mm. Um, but it's part of his c- character progressions. Like, he doesn't have... He's not, he's not knowledgeable of the sea like Nami. He's not super stupid strong like Zoro and Luffy. But his redeeming qualities are... He's incredibly clever. He, he often has a plan... He's one of the he's one of the few crew members who does have a plan, <laughs> a plan that his uh, straw hats themselves oh, yeah, that's get right. trapped into. <laughs> yeah, so he actually had a really good plan of just blocking off the the pass to the village with oil, so that the pirates couldn't get up the the hill, and then they fuck it up completely. <laughs> yeah, they like they came in on the opposite side of the island and. Meanwhile, I like that it's Nami, though. That's, like, the first one that's slipping on it. Oh, yeah. No. Actually, <laughs> there's a couple of things I want to talk about Nami slipping in the oil. I don't know why. For anyone who's been paying attention, um, in the English translations, they refer to Zoro as Zolo because spelling in Japanese and blah, blah, blah. So his name is spelled Z-O-L-O in the entire English translation of the manga, except in this one volume, except in volume four. Wait, really? Yes. And the thing is, is that like, as a kid, I didn't understand that that was another way to spell his name. So I thought that Nami just forgot what Zoro's name was. (laughs) (laughs) And it totally fits with the scene because she's just like, whatever. I gotta go get my treasure. Zolo, whatever your name is. Bye. (laughs) been like so long Zoro's like trapped in it yeah that's <laughs> they they desperately need the two strongest characters to get to the beach so they and can they fight out the, the pirates and they're the most incompetent they're the ones stuck in the muck i will say that the way zoro gets out of the the quagmire is like is is how he deals with everything with uh strength of will and swords like yes. that's how he gets out of every problem he's ever passed to face. It's it's will and swords. That's it. Yes. Good good job, Zoro. Didn't have to get clever on that one. All right. So let's talk about the the uh, the black cat pirates. Once they're again, scary. A, a, they're scary. Oh, they're scary. It's interesting to compare them to buggies because because when you meet buggies pirate crew, they're pretty scary. They're like a legit pirate crew. They're well known. A buggy has a has a bounty on his head at this point. But then you meet the black cat pirates and you're like, no, these are real pirates. Yeah, these guys are like devious. These guys are these guys are like bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty, <laughs> yeah. Like they they're I mean, they're they're playing out this this long plan that's incredibly violent plan, yeah. Violent plan. Ah. But I specifically wanted to talk about the the Meow Band brothers. It just even as a kid, 
these two characters, they show up and I'm just like, these guys are kind of lame. Not just in the sense of like, oh, they're lame in the story, but they're just kind of meh. They just kind of like, they, they, they show up. I, I feel like they show up too late too. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of weird, Oda's usually really good with pacing when it comes to um, these little mini arcs, but for some reason with this one, a lot of weird stuff, a lot of stuff happens really quickly and then, like, a lot of beats repeat themselves. Nami and Usopp get to the get to the thing. They they start fighting the pirates, but then they start losing ground. And then all of a sudden, Zoro and Luffy show up. And they're on top of the hill. And it's like, oh, they're dang. And then they start fighting for a little bit. And then Kuro's on top of the hill. And it's, oh, dang. Mm-hmm. And then Kuro is threatening and yelling. And then all of a sudden, Kai is on top of the hill. It's like, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, like, they all just, like... It suddenly, like, comes all together very quickly. Yeah. And ends very quickly. Actually, let's talk about Kuro. Because Kuro is a very different villain than Buggy. Yes. It, he still fits in within the reoccurring theme of uh, Oda's, all of Oda's villains are all abusive of power. They all rule by fear and they disregard the safety and lives of their crew. Mm-hmm. Again, he fits that to the T. That's literally his old deal. <laughs> willing to kill everyone. Just willing to kill everyone. Buggy was a good villain because he was a lot of fun. Kuro is a good villain because he is, like, a truly selfish monster. Mm-hmm. He has no redeeming qualities. Like, even like even Usopp's attempt to, like, anybody's, like, in any way to look at that character is just like, no, there's, there's nothing there. They even try to push it, like, there must be some kind of, he's like, you don't feel anything for Kai? He's like, no, I don't. And I feel like any other writer would, like, try to write just a little hint of like maybe no Kuro's a monster he's also an interesting villain I think because he's he has like supernatural powers but they're not tied to a devil fruit no he's just very very fast yeah (laughs) like inhumanly fast that is his special power is being quite fast he nooms I also like that uh I I feel like his uh his weapons his cat claws are like a this funny natural progression of Oda being like, you know what's cooler than one sword? Two swords. But you know what's cooler than two swords? Three swords. Now here's another character. He has ten swords. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I was definitely getting in these three volumes was, I know we talk about Zoro a lot, but I think I was like getting a lot of like, oh, just Zoro's sincerity constantly like showing these signs of just little gestures and stuff were really yeah. getting to me when he was blocking Usopp's bullet yeah. to protect him. Yeah. And yeah. Django. Yeah. When uh, Zoro and Usopp were rushing towards Django, Zoro's chopped down the tree instead of rushing towards to do it himself to make a path for Usopp to take the shot. Yeah. He, tr- he trusted Usopp to, to do it himself. I, I think it's it's a very understated aspect of, of Zoro's uh, character and his relationship with Usopp. But you see this again and again where Zoro knows that Usopp is a weakling. Z- Usopp is not physically strong. But Zoro still has a lot of respect for Usopp. He has he a lot of respect for Usopp. Not just because of his character, but because he knows that he is plenty capable at, at doing plenty of things. And he has the he has the grit to do them. He just needs to believe that he can do them yeah i really i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed that too because it's such a a, a, again zoro occasionally 
uh, gets kind of framed as, like, the epitome of masculinity. And I think that maybe that's why a lot of these gestures are surprising me, like, rereading this, where I'm, like, where, like, like I said, like, all of these small gestures of, like, respect and kind of kindness in a way. Like, he says some really nice things sometimes. That's one of the, like, hidden subtleties about Zoro that make me like him more, or make him, make me like him as much as I do. Uh, mm. because he is a little bit more of a complex character. What are the other things? Promise, this won't be a Zoro podcast. <laughs> I'm just really I, enjoying Zoro this time I, around. I solemnly swear that this will not be a Zoro podcast. <laughs> but also, I might break that promise. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Like, we're just gonna, like, go down this. He's a good character. I, I will say, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about um, these three volumes is that you get an even clearer kind of picture of the crew as a crew oh they start yeah behaving and acting like a crew uh mm-hmm. at least at least even even before Usopp joins you see Nami Zoro and Luffy working together and behaving like they're a crew um and uh and you start seeing Zoro act more again less like the straight man for Luffy and more like Luffy's kindred spirit. <laughs> you know what? And uh, like earlier, I was mentioning like how it's uh, in this particular volume, in volume four, you really start to see like how much they they like how fond of Usopp they are. Yeah. And I feel like that actually kind of changes their crew dynamic quite a bit too, because yeah. there's a little bit there's warmness to their crew. Yeah, he's a he's a very human character. He. He's the normie. He's the normal one. And, and like, even just, the it brings warmness to their crew just by the way they feel about him. Yeah, he's almost like the Sokka, really. Oh. And, and and he is a lot like Sokka in a lot of ways because he is, he's he's very clever. He he often has a plan or an idea, and but he doesn't have any super special powers. Because even, even though Nami isn't uh, super strong, her knowledge of the sea is, is her superpower. Like, mm-hmm. she is... She's very knowledgeable about sailing and well, weather. Well, and, and Namiya is also very, like, she's self-preserving. Yes. Like, she doesn't really, like, she kind of cares about other people, but she doesn't care that much. Like, she is doing her thing. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, during the fight with Kuro, we find out a little bit more about his backstory. Uh, and uh, we find out that Captain Morgan was the one who captured him. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I was curious about is, do you think that the reason Captain Morgan was such an asshole and so power hungry was because he was still hypnotized? Ooh. A, there's a fan theory for you. Get get on your reddits with that one. Fucking great subtle detail that they showed his jaw getting smashed in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel like this is the, the, the very beginning of Oda's tendency to like. Wrap everything together wrap and make everything it feel together. like such a deep universe yeah it's just like let me let me make a reference to something that just happened mm-hmm. let me let me re- make a reference to a character that you met a while ago like mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention like it, and it's such a small detail if you're not paying attention you could very easily miss that that was captain morgan yeah i i know i did it wasn't until uh the question corner someone asked him about it so going back to our reoccurring discussion of is Luffy a dum-dum. I feel like something I never noticed about this fight before is that Luffy actually does, uh, he does demonstrate a lot of cleverness. Like, specifically yeah. with uh, breaking off K- uh, Kuro's claws on his one of his hands. And then 
figuring out how he can kind of catch Kuro and deal with him. It was almost like when he beat Buggy instead of, you know, instead of just beating him up until he stopped moving, he he was able to overcome his power by defeating him in a completely different way than you would yeah. expect. Um, in, in the case with Kuro, you can't see Kuro when he's moving around too much, so Luffy just grapples onto him and doesn't let go. Man, like, what one thing that was pretty cool was uh, seeing how angry, like, Luffy was getting because of yeah. how disposable he was treating his crew. Yeah. And he was like, I will never be a pirate like you. We, we see Luffy really angry a few times up to this point. Like, when, when Buggy talks crap about Shanks, and then when Buggy hurts his hat, he gets really angry. This time he got really You angry. can tell this bugged him on a deep level. On a deep level. Because it is it is the crux of his uh, conflict with a lot of these villains. It's the crux of uh, his ideology of what piracy is and what Shanks represented to him as a as a uh, as a role model of mm-hmm. like a pirate captain should respect his crew and all of these villains do not. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't care about the crew at all. And he took his ass down. And he took his ass down. Okay, that panel where uh, Luffy connects after doing the gum gum bell yeah. is iconic. Oh, I that th- those two panels, those two pages where it shows both uh, fights ending. Ooh, yes. Super good. Yes, yeah, super good. This is one of the crappy things about us both being artists and we're doing a podcast about a comic book. <laughs> we can't really show visuals. But I, I absolutely love the panel of, of like, Oda is amazing at uh, at depicting fights. Like, his flow. His, oh, yeah, his flow, for sure. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that I feel like in these early volumes, he's still kind of trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're starting, I think with that panel right there, you're starting to see... A lot of his unique, like, angles and dynamic poses well, also, and, this like, was, like, impact more, frames. This was a more, like, an actual fight. Like, with Buggy, it was weird because of it his It was power. weird. This yeah. is an actual, like, throwing down fight. Yeah. So after they defeat Kuro, Usopp disbands his pirates. His little, his little his pirate little crew. Ba- his little bodies. He points out at one point that he's they've been a, pi- a quote unquote pirate crew since they were like what four? Yeah, there was like they, they were, were little, five. Yeah, this is their little, little ones, kids. and they show a lot of flashbacks are shown of them pretending to be pirates as they grow up, and it's very sweet because that's I think that's another thing that Usopp kind of brings to the crew is his he he kind of shares a childlike wonder of piracy that uh, Luffy Luffy has. But it's it's even mm. more kind of innocent and naive in a way, um, like yeah. even even when he's like packing up his stuff and uh, you see all the stuff in his bag when it falls out. He's got little he's plushies. Got, he's got a bunch of kid stuff. stuff. He's a child. Like he's got a bunch yeah, of yeah, it, and it's 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 really interesting because so far we've seen three very worldly characters. I mean, even though Luffy is so far been framed to us as like you know. A naive kid who just jo- jumps into a rowboat. He's still he's still kind of framed as being kind of worldly. He's he's been in big fights. He's been through some big traumas. Well, he's actually he's, dealt, he's with, dealt pirates with pirates. Yeah, he's dealt too. with pirates before. Um, but Usopp is like he's an innocent little boy from a little village in the middle of nowhere that never gets attacked by pirates, and he joins a pirate crew. And now he's part of a pirate crew. 
Yeah. Um, but I actually, I actually specifically wanted to talk about chapter 40 and 41. All right. What, what happens in those? In the zeroth episode of this podcast that we are doing right now, <laughs> um, I mentioned that the first time I ever read One Piece was in an uh, actual printed magazine of Shonen Jump. And the chapter that was in that copy of Shonen Jump was chapter 40 and 41. <laughs> and there's a panel that I, there's a page, as a matter of fact, that I remember very, very clearly and looking at and going, what the fuck is this? What is this comic book? Because I had no context for what was going on. I didn't understand why anything. And then you just see the page where Usopp says that Usopp's pirates are disbanded, And it's just a bunch of like really close up pictures of their faces. Of Oda doing, Oda doing his, his thing. Sobbing <laughs> thing. Oh, I love when he just pushes that shit he so far. He pushes it oh. so far. And as a kid, seeing that for the first time and go and just like, this is so different from what I expect anime to be. It, it's so different from anything I'd ever seen before. Like, it's so, it's so disgusting and ridiculous and like over the top. That ugly Absolutely sobbing. Absolutely disgusting, ugly sobbing. Um, and it stuck with me. I was fascinated with it. I think at the time I thought, like, this looks dumb. And of course I ended up buying the mm. first volume as soon as I got, got out of camp. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I mentioned it in the Zeroth episode. That was it. That's your vivid, your vivid, That's my memory, vivid memory of One Piece. So then now the crew has a ship. Now the crew has a ship. Uh, the Merry-Go. And it looks like her butler. I to this day, don't understand why or how Mary designed that ship. Is he... <laughs> is he, a di- like... Is that one of the things he does other than being a butler? Yeah, like, where, where did you... How did you come upon this, where Mary? You, <laughs> where did you come up with this from? Um, I think it's adorable that he... <laughs> he looks like a sheep and thus he made the figurehead a sheep. Mm-hmm. I love Mary's design. Like, the, the character... Yeah. It looks like oh, yeah, a, me he's too. like shaped like a friend. Like that is <laughs> I I wanna hug this person. It's funny because he is the he is visually the complete opposite of Kuro. Even before you find out that Kuro is you know, oh. actually evil, Kuro looks very harsh and stark. Angular. And angular, dark dark hair, you know, uh his eyes are very narrow. They um, do. That is a really interesting way to uh Look at that, that they're, yeah. they're design opposites, even. Yeah, because Barry's all soft and fluffy, and he has bigger eyes, and he just seems like a sweet, he just seems like a he sweet man. He just looks sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think, though, it's weird that, like, we're not really introduced to Mary that well. Uh, he just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is also one of Kai's butlers, and then by the end, he's like, oh, no, Mary! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to care about this guy! You hurt. do! <laughs> Um, alright, okay, so I've been dying to talk about this. Jay's excited so about this! I'm excited to talk about this, because I I find this bizarre. What is up with Johnny and Yosaku? <laughs> They're bros, man! They're brothers, yeah. No, I... I love these guys so much. <laughs> They're so out of nowhere. They're so out of nowhere. It's almost like Oda was like, oh, right, I'm about to do a big thing with Zoro. I better kind of shove in a little bit more of his backstory in here real quick. Mm, here, introduce some of these characters. 
But it, it's weird because, like, these guys pop up like they have history with Zoro, but then, like, I feel like I want to know more about their I, adventures together. I would love to learn more about Johnny and Yosaku because one of the things that happens is that it is demonstrated immediately that Johnny and Yosaku are, are wimpy. They're, like, they think they're tough shit. They are wimpy boys. They are not tough at all. And yet, apparently, they were rolling with Zoro enough that <laughs> they considered him partners with them. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think calling them wimpy is unfair. I think that they're they're in grand situations. Maybe they, they capture some... When they're injured, the first time we see them fight is they go after the lieutenant. And the lieutenant is one dude... And they, they they go after him together, and they get their butts absolutely kicked. Oh. Like, they're still in cast oh. and bandages days later. <laughs> they're pathetic. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love them. <laughs> oh, you're right, they do. And and also, just the fact that they're... <laughs> they didn't know what scurvy was. They didn't know what scurvy <laughs> Hey, okay, being tough and dumb are two different things. Yeah, that's... Okay, no, but seriously, they're they're kind of dumb. They're not very strong, and also they're kind of cowardly. Like we find out a little bit more about that later, but they're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of cowardly. They're a little wimpy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I love these two. They have so much heart. They do. They, they're two characters with a lot of heart. I, I love how, I love how they immediately started calling the Straw Hats, uh, brother. All of them, brother. They're yeah. all brothers now. You're, you're brothers with us now. It's like you want to be friends with these guys. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why uh, Zoro rolled with them. Yeah, I mean, it does speak a lot about... Like, we're talking about, like, Zoro, like, having a little bit, you know, a little bit of heart. Yeah, and and not really judging people based off of, like, compare... He doesn't compare people to himself. Mm -hmm. He has his own goals. He has his own ambitions for himself, his own standards for himself, but he doesn't apply those to other people. And I think that's a good quality, and I think that's an interesting quality for him specifically. Like, he has all of these really strong ideals about strength and defeat and winning, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't hold that against other people. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, but it just makes me wonder more, like, why did he team up with these two nerds? I love it when, like, he, he knew, I love it when he said, when he said well, I'll be, it's Johnny. I'll be. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of weird translation stuff in, uh, in these early volumes, like the black cat pirates talk super piratey, yeah, which I find hilarious. So uh, after we meet Johnny and Yosaku, they take us to, and we actually googled how to say this. A baratier. Baratier. It's not barati. It's not bartai. It's not bartai. <laughs> it's baratier, which I never would have guessed. Uh, and we're and we're introduced. We're introduced to Sanji. Sanji, yay! Don't mention lollipops, for the love of God. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Everyone forgets about that. I never forget about that. <laughs> so we're introduced to Sanji, and he's immediately... He is immediately different than every crew member that we've been introduced to so far he is this guy's rough around the edges he's really rough around the edges he's he's a rough and tumble kind of guy he doesn't care about what people think he he he's like one of the few characters who has a family more or less like he's not by himself Mm -hmm. Usopp was kind of by himself uh Zoro is all alone Luffy is pretty much all alone 
Nami is by herself. Yeah. Sanji has essentially a family. Like she ha- he has a boss. He has people that he's been working with. And they even explain that he's been around for the longest. But he he doesn't get along with any of them. None he doesn't he fights with everyone on purpose. Even even Zeph is like trying to seemingly kick him out because nobody likes him, basically. Because he just fights with everyone. He's all the just time. more trouble than he's worth. But yeah, this is this is a rough, rowdy crew. This is a rough, rowdy crew. Let's talk about Zeph. I love Chef Zeph. He takes no shit. Like he practically throws around Luffy. <laughs> he oh yeah, he does. He's kind of the first character we're introduced to who treats Luffy the way that he does. In that he's like, this young pup is full of bullshit. (laughs) Like, the mayor kind of did that a little bit, but he's so tough and he's so ready to not take any shit from anyone. He does not take any shit from Luffy. No. Which is amazing, because Luffy has a lot of shit to give. (laughs) So, after Sanji feeds a starving pirate... That pirate comes back with a notorious ship captain, Don Krieg, and he's demanding for his starving, broken-down crew to be fed. And then after they feed them all, he threatens to take over the ship. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. They fight Krieg. They're gonna fight Krieg, everyone. (laughs) Um, Krieg is the next villain. So things are amping up for that fight until... Until everything stops. <laughs> everything stops so that Zoro can fight a dude. <laughs> yeah, so dude. suddenly, like, Hawkeye shows up and apparently th- there's this dude that roughed up Krieg and his crew. It's this guy. Hi. The whole thing to me with Hawkeye is weird. So the first time we hear about him or get hinted at him is when Johnny's like... Oh yeah, let's. I'm gonna take you to this ocean-going restaurant. By the way, Zoro, that guy that you've been looking for, you know, the guy who your entire life's goal is surrounded around, he goes there. But then we find out that that's not true. He he got he was mistaking him for someone else. But then he shows up anyway. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> There's the guy. There's the guy. By the way, and again, everything just stops. So that Zoro can have what you refer to in your notes as a fight, in quotes. <laughs> because it's it's not really much of a fight, is it? Oh, God. You know what's weird, too? So it's like, Hawkeye's busting in, and then we get a we get a flashback and find out Nami took off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nami dumped like off the bunch- bros and was like, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Zoro's like, ah, forget her. Yeah. <laughs> and then Usopp points out, no, she has the... She has the ship that we need. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, then suddenly, cutting back to Hawkeye, Zoro's all amped up to go test his might. Once again, the the pirates, Krieg's pirates, so Krieg is supposed to be one of the toughest pirates in the East Blue, in this area of the ocean. He has a, he had an armada of 5,000 pirates. His pirates hear Zoro's name, and they freak out. Wait, Really? <laughs> Yeah, they all know who he is. They're all sweating in their boots. They did not realize that uh, this kid was uh, the the pirate hunter. Um, Even Krieg is like, knows who he is. And is a little like, wow, really? That him? That's him right there? Uh, And Sanji, too. Like, we talked about this last time. Pirates are scared of Zoro. Oh, shit. But then he goes up against Hawkeye. 
And he gets his butt kicked. Yeah, he gets his little butt kicked. He gets his butt kicked pretty hard. He gets real sad about it, too. Yeah. Oh boy. But it's, it's a good fight, though. Like, it's a good moment. Because you get to see, like, the top. of you, you get to see the top of what he's aiming at. You get a taste of how insane things are going to get. Yeah. Like, this guy sh- is introduced by cutting a galleon in half. <laughs> and then he defeats Soro with a with a little pocket knife basically and then still shows respect he's like this force of nature who just does not seem to care about anything gonna he's go just nap. like i'm he's gonna go i'm nap. gonna go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy this pirate fleet for funsies just cuz and he still he meets this kid who is just kind of on the precipice of greatness and is like you know what i'm i want to see where this goes mhm yeah, Hawkeye Hawkeye is an interesting character and I am looking forward to seeing him again. Man, freaking in Zoro's Zoro's speech too. Zoro's speech, yeah. In another thing of just showing his dedication to Luffy too. The like yes. that line of if I beca- if if I fail to become the world's strongest swordsman, you'll be disappointed, right? He's 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 already tied his his dream in with Luffy's. Oh. It's oh, it's so oh. good. Clutching clutching heart. I will say uh the look on Zoro's face when Hawkeye pulls out the little knife is the best. <laughs> he looks pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like he, this is his dream, right? He he is aiming at this moment to fulfill his greatest dream of becoming the world's greatest swordsman by defeating this guy. And the guy pulls out a little, like, cheese knife. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. So, during the fight, when it looks like Zoro is losing, Johnny and Yusaku are about to go intervene, and Luffy stops them. Here's something that I had never really noticed before. Uh, Luffy is, like, shaking. Wait, he's shaking, really? And he's sweating. And it occurred to me... That the reason he's shaking and sweating is because he wants to intervene too. Luffy oh. desperately wants to save Zoro, but he knows he can't. Yeah, it's he, not he, the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. And and Hawkeye even says it like it, it was good of you to not intervene in his fight because because after uh, he he thinks that he's killed Zoro. Yeah, you're right. He's upsetty. Like he's, he's he is not... upset and he's about to go toe to toe with this dude. He's he just watched his. His friend, who he knows is incredibly tough, get destroyed, and he's ready to just go toe-to-toe with this guy and and fight him right back, even though he knows what he's capable of. Um, I, I think it's a really cool moment in the development between the relationship with Luffy and Zoro, and, as well as, like, the development of their crew as a whole. Yeah. Like, as a unit. And then after that, shit goes down. <laughs> and then and then we get into that pause. We get to another gone. fight. <laughs> like yeah, just... that pause button's gone. It's like anyway, <laughs> <laughs> back to this Krieg guy. Back to this Krieg guy. So once again, we're leaving off with shit hits the fan. We're going right into another fight. It's gonna be another fight that lasts for a few volumes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because as the story goes on, these fights get longer and longer. But that pretty much does it for us this week. Um, I hope you guys liked the slightly different formatting that we're doing, uh, that we're trying out, where we're just kind of... Yeah, still still trying things out. I enjoyed this way, though. 
Yeah, we we kind of just we kind of just rambled through the story, which I think worked. But let's talk about a next episode. Um, so next episode, and for the next assignment for the book club, um, we will be reading volumes seven through nine, um, and that reading will be due Monday, November twelfth, and that will also be the date of our next episode. And if you're interested in keeping up with us, you can check us out on Twitter at Straw Hat Voyage. And from there, you can also get a Discord link and come join and chat with us about One Piece and share some fan art and stuff. Before we go, the intro and outro of our podcast is One Piece Opening 20 Hope Remix by Andreza Works in Akano. You can check out more of their amazing anime covers and remixes on YouTube and find a link to download the song in our podcast description. Otherwise, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us again. Yay, thanks for joining us. Bye. Arr, bye. <laughs> <laughs>